Is Dak Prescott a top 10 quarterback in the NFL going into the 2023 season? All that more in this episode of Locked On Cowboys Podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. And joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we're doing everybody's <laughs> favorite topic in the NFL mm. circles in July. Where does your favorite quarterback rank uh, You know, among the rest of the NFL? We are talking Dak Prescott. This was brought up because I saw a list. Not going to say who it was, but from a certain <laughs> Certain person at CBS Sports uh, made a QB tiers list. Dak Prescott came in at tier four. Tier four. Tier four. Tier four. I'll, I'll tell you the tier. I'll just do it right now. Go, yeah, uh, yeah, tier one, true. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. It's fine. Tier two, okay. Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, all in tier two. What? <laughs> <laughs> tier three, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, Tua, Justin Fields, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, and... Daniel Jones in tier Russell four. Russell Wilson and Daniel Jones. I mean, yes. Oh, tier four: Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith. I want your thoughts. Where, approximately, you don't have to give me an exact number, but where in your mind does Dak Prescott rank going into the season? Tier two. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I think that's pretty clear. Like, he fits right in there with the rest of those guys. I, I, yeah, look, I mean, we've been beating a dead horse on a lot of this for a long time. And, 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 but it's been, everyone has spent the entire off season slandering Dak because of the interception totals. And, and it, it's, it's frankly like embarrassing. I don't know. Embarrassing for, for people that are st- box score sc- scouting constantly. I mean, look, there is a constant, uh, uh, just to get to this part first. There is a constant need to drive eyeballs to websites, and the Dallas Cowboys do that. Yeah. So the the fact that the Dallas Cowboys quarterback led the 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 league in interceptions last year was the biggest boon for the clickbait industry in the history of maybe football. I I, I think that the problem we're having here is that you know for Dak, he he's trying to do what he could to, to win the football game. Especially at the end yeah. of the season, he was trying to do what he could to continue to be aggressive and score points when he needed to be. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of these interceptions, uh, as we've you know talked about over and over again, have come from uh, 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 you know, deflections and situations where Dak was forced to throw into a tight window in order to make a play happen. And we think that a lot of that is going to be mitigated by the change in the personnel that they have. And, 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 and I think a lot of that stuff you know, it kind of dictates quarterback play as well. But I, I just have a really hard time for believing, you know, that folks look at the body of Dak Prescott's work 
and view last season as like the standard for what he plays. Like, I mean, that's, it clearly was the uh, exception to the rule. And, and again, I don't think that his level of play uh, was poor. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I think that the interceptions are a result of a quarterback desperately trying to do whatever he can to win football games. Um, and so I, I just, you know, I, I think people are, are looking at the interception totals and that's the, that's the summation of, of who Dak Prescott is. And, and they basically have been assigning him into tiers based on that while, you know, being very comprehensive with the rest of these players and being like, oh, well, I can excuse this here. Or well, I, can excuse I mean, there, there's there. no better example than do you know who led the NFL in interceptions during the 2021 season? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. No. Matt Stafford, who oh. had a horrendous 2022 season, but he's still a tier ahead of Dak, right? Like, yeah, we they're not they're, they don't they're not all created equal. And I think you're right. Like, I think you have to look at the body of work a little bit. And that's why, like, Deshaun Watson is in tier three, right? Deshaun Watson did not play well in 2022, right? He, there's a million different reasons. But I know when, for the most part, his career, he's one of the best passers in the league, right? He led the NFL in passer rating in 2020. Like, he's a really good quarterback, had a little bit of a down year. Even Russell Wilson, like, we've seen Russell be a really good quarterback for a long time, had a bad year. I'm not willing to say that he's trash. I, it, it's just – it's hilarious to me that for Dak, who by his accounts had a down season, and now you're hearing people on big platforms say, oh, he can't win in the playoffs when the fact that – he literally almost had a flawless game against Tampa Bay in terms of like passer rating touchdowns and did win a road playoff game, but he's not good enough to win in the playoffs. Like we completely I mean, by that forgot same, what happened in that game. By the same logic that's applied to Dak's overall career, the idea that the previous season is that all that matters, right? Tom Brady is one of the worst playoff quarterbacks in the history of NFL. And, uh, you know, Dak basically ran him out of the league if you want to go there. So, uh, you know, it's – it's it's just funny how selective some of these folks can be in in their criteria for what you know what to tier like you know it's going to be very nuanced well this this person had a a bad year no 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 but for Dak it's like oh he had 11 he had you know x amount of interceptions last year so he's got to be you know in tier 4 it's well i mean and then we can get to the daniel jones stuff right like having daniel jones above dak is just dumb right cuz daniel yeah. jones look at the playoff stuff right if you want to, if you want to dismiss your good games and only the only thing that matters are your bad games in the playoffs. He had 135 yards passing, was sacked five times, had two fumbles, and threw an interception, and got absolutely killed by Philadelphia. Right, but no, that doesn't matter because you went nine and eight one year and you had 15 passing touchdowns, which was the most in his career. So that's that's obviously a tier three quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean it's it's inconsistent uh, criteria. It's it's no you know s- s- uh, singular methodology for no, ranking these guys. It's all it's all emotional. It's all just like yeah, and it's all to it's what vibe. I mean. Listen, we're we're in the we're in the uh, content creation business. Yeah, and all, yeah, it's all about getting clicks, right? And yeah, it's what I kind of hate about it. It's all what's going to drive traffic and drive discussion. And putting Dak in tier two or tier three isn't going to get people excited. But you get him in tier four behind Daniel Jones. That's what's going to get people clicking on your website. It's just, it's garbage for the lack of a better term. I mean, three months from now, these same people are going to be tweeting something. Dak will have one good game, and they'll be tweeting something like Dak playing at an MVP level. 
Dak, you know, for for I mean, all pro, it's it's it, there's no consistency. The same, there's the no... same way, like with the Daniel Jones, right? Daniel Jones has two bad games to start the year off. Hey, should the Giants you know, move on? Him? Time to move on for Daniel Jones. Like it's it's yeah, it's I, it's maddening the inconsistency and the yeah. you know the, the, the inconsistency also within the ranking themselves or just the inconsistency on how some of these people continually go back and forth about how they yeah. feel about some of these players. It, it, for me, I think obviously the top three: Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. And then Lamar, Herbert, and I, I'm good. If you want to put Lawrence in there because of the potential, I'm fine with that. But I think Jalen Hurts had a really, really good season last year. But Dak has had in 2021, remember, he threw the most touchdowns in Dallas Cowboys history 37 in 16 games, right? Like put them in the same tier. Let's wait and see how this season goes. But to put somebody like Tua or Justin Fields or Daniel Jones over him, you know, it, in their own separate tier, it's just it's ludicrous to me. I think I think even the biggest Dak haters would say that that's wild. It's just you know erasing all the great, incredible stuff he's done throughout his career yeah. because he threw some interceptions while trying to win. I mean, he he still got his team in, in, to, a, a round deeper in the playoffs than he did the previous year. Exactly. And you guys were when you guys were complaining that he couldn't win yeah. uh, a playoff game. All right, exactly. so I mean. You can move the goalpost all you want until we put in whatever tier you want, but it's like it, it's just making yourself look bad when you yeah. put Dak Prescott behind Daniel Jones as who's a better quarterback. I mean, yeah. I guys, mean, like at some point, guys, we got to watch football. Like if you're yeah, going to be doing these rankings, it's important <laughs> to actually watch the games, right? At some size, at some point, the 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 box scores plus PFF grades is not enough to kind of get a clear picture of what's going on. So uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, enough with those rankings. This is just ludicrous, and it makes my blood boil. Let's talk about that kind of going into this year and what we expect next. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team, faster and for free it's so easy to create a new job post all you have to do post your job and then add the purple hiring frames to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire it's why small businesses rate linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That is linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast where we are talking about Dak Prescott going into the 2023 season. Lynn, I want to know, what do you expect from Dak this year? Because... I think we can all agree last year was not Dak's best statistical season, although he played well in the one playoff game. He did play well in some of the big games down the stretch, including the game against Philadelphia. But overall, what are you expecting from him this year? I mean, I'm, I'm expecting something similar than what we've seen for, you know, the vast majority of his career. I mean, to me, he is a, you know, 67 to percent completion percentage guy who's probably going to end up with, you know, 3,500 plus yards passing and, you know, the, the, a lot of the kind of nuance in what we're looking for statistically is, in, you know, yards per attempt and where that it, 
usually falls is kind of a big indicator on what kind of season he's having. But he usually, I mean, look, one of the things we just talked about is his, his interception rate is usually under 2%. And last year it was at 3.8%. Yeah, I think and, before to me, last year he was like in the top 10 all time in yeah. the best touchdown interception ratio. So to me, that's why when you look at that, you you try to tell me which one is the outlier. I'm going to tell you the one where he uh, almost doubled his normal career interception rate. Um, and I and I think that you know now that the, the if, look, it's pretty clear what the Cowboys feel like what the problem was. They went out and traded for Brandon Cooks. They wanted to make sure that Michael Gallup is getting healthy. They're hoping for Jalen Tolbert to kind of uh, develop. We've got some young guys that they've got in there. So. They've basically incre- increased the amount of talent as pa- in the pass catcher room uh, in, in several different ways, and 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 really, even you could probably suggest maybe not early on, but if 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 some of these tight ends hit, uh, if if Schoonmaker comes shows up, you're going to get a more athletic tight end there. So he's just being provided more uh, uh, weapons on the outside, and 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 that what's that going to hopefully produce for him? It's going to produce uh, more open football players, not, you know, yeah. tight windows that he's having to throw into. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Dak was near the top, if not in the top, uh, at the top of uh, tight window throws. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think a, yeah. a lot of it has to do with the fact that he had to make the throws. <laughs> Which, no I mean, th- if you look back at like Dak early in his career, he wasn't somebody that liked to throw into tight windows anyways, right? Like we have always talked about what kind yeah. of receiver – meshes well with Dak and this is why Amari Cooper fits so well right is because Amari got open and he created a lot of separation which ended up making some easy throws for Dak him throwing into tight windows to guys that he doesn't necessarily trust like Noah Brown or Dennis Houston or Semi Fahoku or you name the guy has never really been his strength yeah and I and I think you know he kind of paid the price for it last year. Yep. And, 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 and you see why he throws to people he trusts at different points. Right. So I tend to think that obviously that, that he'll go back to uh, uh, something closer to that. And then, you know, with this, with, with receiver core, the ceiling may be higher than we even have ever anticipated before. There, there's a chance that he produces numbers better than 2019 um, or, or, oh wait, is it? No, wait. Yeah, no, 20, uh, 2021. 2019 and 2021 were his two best yeah. statistical seasons. Yeah. So I, I think I, I think that those it's possible that he reaches those heights and, and exceeds them uh, because of, of what he has at the receiver position versus what he's had previously. So uh, I, I expect, you know, a, a, a similar season to those sort of, you know, top-end seasons that he had. If he can remain healthy, uh, that he's got a team around him that's I think offensive team specifically around him. That's on par with what those years were. And, and we've seen him produce at those levels before. And I don't think he's become a worse quarterback. I, yeah. I think, you know, he's dealt, he dealt with some injuries at different points last year. He dealt with some lack of talent at the outside uh, wide receiver position. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have to deal with those two issues last, uh, this year. And, and it gets something back to closer to what we expect in, in the 2021, 2019 kind of seasons. I think the best possible outcome for Dak, if he doesn't have to feel pressed all that often, and you mentioned it, like there was a lot of times last year where it felt like he was trying to be Superman, right? He was yeah. going to try to make every contested throw and put the ball on the money to a receiver that he didn't necessarily trust because he had to, Right. And I'm hoping, and we'll talk about this in a second, I'm hoping with his fit with McCarthy, he gets some more layup throws. Um, there's just fewer of these third and 11s, third and 12s where, and listen, if you go back and look at Dak's interceptions, a lot of them were 
when it's third and 10 plus, and he's just trying to drive the yeah. ball beyond the sticks to get a first down. Right. Yeah. And maybe now if he really trusts his defense and he trusts his playmakers, it's like, Hey, it's okay to throw the ball to Tony Pollard three, four, five yards behind the sticks because he might make a play after the catch. And if he doesn't, we'll punt and we'll rely on our defense. I think that's probably the, I think, I don't want to say conservative, but maybe a little bit smarter Dak um, would just, I, I think it would elevate the entire offense. I, mean, the entire uh, I think, I think part of what you're saying too, is that, you know, McCarthy is, I think going to provide Dak with better solutions if he can't go down the field. Right. Cause I think that that has been the issue at times is that Dak didn't have an out necessarily uh, all the time. Well, cause it like wasn't a, Zeke on a two yard yeah. check down, right. He just was yeah. never going to get that you know, nine yards that you need. Right. Yeah. And and I also think that, you know, the, the short passing game is just going to be improved because I think Mark McCarthy is probably better at it. You know, like that's just part of the West coast offense. Yeah. That's not necessarily a huge part of the Coriel offense. I mean, they obviously have short routes in, in, yes. the, in the, in but the their game, focus but is it, down the middle of the field, 15, 20, 30 yards. Right. Yeah. And I think that that'll still be a huge thing. I think that they're still going to continue to, to attack down the field. I just think that that McCarthy is going to come up with better solutions for Dak yep. when things go wrong, or 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 trying to get get Dak going in the short passing game to kind of get him into the rhythm because that that has been another thing too. It, it seems like at times the the opening script of the of the game really seemed to work against kind of getting Dak yep. into rhythm and into the game. So I'm hoping that there's some improvements there with Schottenheimer and McCarthy and just focusing on getting those 15 plays to be something that helps Dak get into rhythm as opposed yep. to just being uh, uh, a strategic set of plays to find out exactly how they counter them. It's more important that Dak gets into a rhythm in the game than kind of probing the defense in the way that yep. they've been trying to do. Yeah, let's expand on that. I want to talk more about Dak Prescott's fit with not only Mike McCarthy, but also with Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah. We'll get to that next. This episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the leg and the thigh to give you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they just fit way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of the stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs have fixed this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but they stretch so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. We absolutely love our Bird Dog shorts. I, I wear mine to the golf course all the time. I wear them around the house. They're the most comfortable shorts that I own. Now you can own them as well. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code LOCKEDONNFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order that is birddogs.com slash lockdown NFL or use promo code lockdown NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. We want to thank you for making lockdown Cowboys your first listen every day, every day or Lane and I will be back on Tuesday to continue uh, some more of these hot button debates. Uh, regarding the Dallas Cowboys. So make sure you tune in for that. Landon, I want to talk about Dak's fit with McCarthy, but kind of right before we do that, I was reading an article today uh, from the 33rd team by Mike March, the the former Mm, uh, head coach of the St. Louis Rams. 
And he was talking about his favorite offensive coordinator yeah. hires this year. And at number one was Brian Schottenheimer because he thinks that fit with Dak is going to be great to help him kind of play within himself, get him in rhythm. I, I just want your thoughts on this, this kind of these, the trio right here between Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, and Brian Schottenheimer. I think the thing that's interesting to me is that they uh, they may and this may be optimistic, you know, fan speak, who knows? But I think that there is an opportunity that these three could really complement each other well. Because I, I do think that look, Schottenheimer learned something from the Russell Wilson situation. You know, I, I mean, I, I think he must have because, uh, and and I think part of what he, they wanted to do in Seattle was. You know, it was coming down from on high from Pete, right? They wanted to mm. run the football. They wanted to control the clock. They wanted to, to win with defense in a lot of ways. I think that, that Schottenheimer is, you know, he's not going to be the play caller, but where he will help is kind of making sure that the offense is designed in a way to uh, to keep Dak, you know, in the game, to keep Dak occupied. I think, look – Everyone previous to this, you know, except for Mike McCarthy, was all Coriel offensive coordinators, right? We, we talk about uh, Kellen Moore coming in from Scott Linehan and obviously learning even a little bit more of that uh, previous uh, the stops in Boise State so and Detroit with, with, with Linehan. And, and those are all, you know, uh, the, the thing about Coriel offenses is it's about attacking down the field. It's about attacking down the field. You know, you think about the bang eights. You think about mm-hmm. all of the, the passing that gets done. Um, in combination with with the run game for the the classic kind of '90s Cowboys games, and and the, those were the kind of pa- the things that you were seeing. I, I think where Schottenheimer and McCarthy will help is bringing some more West Coast mindset to the Coriel playbook. The Cor- the play- Coriel playbook will remain. I think the difference will be getting Dak in the headspace of, hey, boom, boom, and if you don't see it. Throw it to the outlet, guy. Don't don't. Well, he, and that's there, a, there were times when it felt like Dak was going all the way through progressions and then all the way back through progressions to try to find the deep route only. And there are times when it's okay to go through your progressions and see Tony Pollard out in the flat by himself, you know, with no one five yards a, a, around him, and that's a big, that's a good play. You know, getting him the ball for eight yards on first down. That's a good play, you know? So I, I think and, that's the thing. And that's the thing, thing with Dak that I don't think people appreciate enough is that it feels like when he's in rhythm and he's hot and he's feeling it, he's almost unstoppable. Like yeah. what, it's almost like you get his confidence up a little bit and you get, and we saw the Tampa Bay game. This is a perfect example. The first two drives of that game were horrendous. They couldn't even get a yard, but as soon as they got that first, first down, it's over. they were off. They scored like it's five crazy. touchdowns from that point on. It's crazy to watch. It's crazy to watch the Cowboys the last two years because that's that's what it is, and that's why it's nuts when we hear all these conversations about Dak being outside of like the top five or six quarterbacks. Because when Dak is on, Dak is like as good as almost any quarterback in the league, and the numbers bear that out. So the question is, how do we get Dak into that comfort zone quicker and and get him into that? And I think that part of it is helping Dak get out of his own way. Like, you know, like what I just described is Dak going back and forth through his progressions twice. Most quarterbacks are lucky to get through their progressions once, but, but like, let's, let me present a scenario, right? If Dak gets all the way through his progressions left to right once, 
finds no one open, goes right to left uh, through his progressions, finds one guy who's not very open, throws it down the field, and it gets intercepted. Or QBX goes through halfway through one progression, finds one guy and gets the ball, who happens to be able to get the ball to him, who completed the more difficult task at quarterback. And I think that's what we're seeing is that Dak was operating at high levels of quarterbacking to even get, you know, decent statistics. The things he was having to do to kind of continue to move the ball at different points was, was ridiculous. And, and, yeah. and I, we talked about hitting the easy button for him. This is something we've talked about for years with him. It felt like there were times when it happened last year, but it still feels like that's where the improvement can come with McCarthy, right? Is that, Hey, Dak, you went through your progressions. It's not happening. Let's find a safe place to get to where we're getting positive yards, where you're completing a pass and keeping in rhythm, but we're also not putting the ball at high risk because we don't need to, because we don't have to at this point. Dak feels like to me, one of these players in basketball, like one of these awesome shooters where sometimes you just need to see the ball go through the hoop once and then you're in rhythm, right? Like get him a layup or giving him a free throw. And all of a sudden you're off. And I think Dak is a rookie. I mean, listen, I'm going to give Jason Garrett some credit here. I don't really ever do that. I think as a rookie, they made things really easy. Here's one read. Here's your underneath read. If it's not there, run, right? And I actually think the running part of it or the rushing part of it helped him kind of get into a rhythm. But now that he's kind of past that phase of his career and he's developed into more of a pocket passer, I don't think the Cowboys have done a good enough job of giving him layup throws early in games, early on downs, just to get him going a little bit. Because again, we've mentioned this when he's in rhythm, he's nearly impossible to stop because he does, he can scan the whole field. Then he's he's got the accuracy and the, the timing and the anticipation. And he, he can just be deadly that way. We need to give Dak better late in the snap options. Yeah. Because uh, again, it's a, cur- it's a blessing and a curse that he's so good at getting through his progressions. He understands the offense so well that he knows, yeah. Hey, I'll, I, he's, he's skipping over reads because he knows where to get to. That's great. But if, if, if the play isn't working, if, yeah. if, 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 if the, the receivers aren't able to get open, Dak has got to have an option that doesn't include just continually yes. trying to can, go through the progressions and hope that those guys get open. He needs an option underneath to dump the ball off. He needs a, a, a runway to run through and slide to get four yards. Uh, and I think he needs to avail himself of more of those options. And I think a, a trust in the the skill set of the wide receivers will allow that because then he can say, you know what? I can take the five yards here. Cooks is going to yep. is going to beat this guy the next play. I'll 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 take the short gain here, and then we'll keep it going in the next down. If you want an example of what we're kind of talking about, the Cowboys actually had three three of these games last year with Dak. The yeah. Minnesota game, they got hot early, and Dak's confidence was at an all time high. The Philadelphia game on Christmas Eve, after the first two drives of the game where they kind of sputtered and they had the pick six. Dak was on fire. The rest of that yeah. game, and then the Tampa Bay game is the absolute perfect example. Didn't gain a yard in the first two possessions. They get that first first down on possession three, and then they're off, right? So that's what Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer are going to try to do for Dak this year, and I can't wait to see how it all uh, plays out. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Lockdown Cowboys your first listen of the day. Again, every day we'll be back tomorrow continuing to talk about some of the, the biggest Cowboy topics. We are free and available on all platforms, but go check our show out on YouTube as well. Follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys next time.